Welcome to the island. I'm your host, Alvis Samuel. And if you do recall, we were on the subject of concussions and mental health. Uh, this is going to be part three of this three-part series. And I'm going to go ahead and dive right into my experience when it comes to concussions and mental health. Now, there's a timeline here that dates all the way back to 1997. Um, I was 10 years old and that's when I got my first concussion. Um, now this story with this whole timeline, very few know and even fewer know the repercussions that I've had leading all the way up to today. And like I said, I'm going to go ahead and start back in 1997. Um, this is the first concussion that I remember that I had. I was playing Little League football, and I remember not a lot about it. Um, I just remember opening up my eyes after a hit and seeing coaches and referees around me. I have no clue how long I was out. Um, and the question was asked to me, uh, who is the president of the United States? Uh, obviously, at that time, Bill Clinton was the president in 1997. But my response, I said, was George Washington. And everybody started laughing. A um, few seconds later, they helped me up. And my coach says, you'll be all right. Everything's OK. Um, just got hit pretty hard, uh, kind of blacked out a little bit, but you'll be all right. Uh, 1997, that's when this happened. I was 10 years old. Uh, my next concussion that I remember happened when I was a freshman. And all I remember about this concussion, I don't even remember the game. Um, I just remember waking up on the bus going back to the school um, then I remember being in the hospital getting a CAT scanned MRI uh, this was in 2001 I was a freshman in high school um, so that's your that's my second concussion uh, that I remember um, my sophomore year, I had another one during spring football, spring training, um, and my coach decided to sit me out the rest of the spring training. All I could do was walk around in a t-shirt and shorts during practice. Uh, I helped call the defensive plays, and uh, just basically, I was a cheerleader all spring football um, because my coach was not going to let me play in any type of contact so basically i just worked out in the weight room ran um and basically uh learned the plays um so that was my sophomore year in high school uh my junior and senior year i did not get a concussion at all actually i did not get another concussion until i was 27 um sorry 26 i was 26 years old until i got another concussion at that time i was playing for the texas calvary 
at 26 years old. That's a semi-pro football team uh, out here in Texas. And um, I was playing for that team. And I got the concussion before the season started. Um, I didn't tell anybody about it because I wanted to play. And I just remember that entire that entire year uh, my head was on fire every single week um that's what it felt like my head was on a non-stop burning sensation every single week um it got so bad that i ended up getting extra padding to put under my helmet uh, so I didn't feel like my head was rattling around. Um, I didn't miss a game, um, did not miss a practice, and I, I played the whole season. And at the age of 27, that's when I decided to call it a quits and I stopped playing football. Um, so that, I believe, was four concussions from the age of 10 all the way up until the age of 27. Now, why did I go through that part of concussions? Well, I am now 34 years old and I have been diagnosed with uh a few brain diseases, uh, some neurological diseases and things of that nature. One of them, which is MS, multiple sclerosis. Um, I got a few lesions in my brain and a few lesions on my spine. Um, uh, basically, I wake up in pain every single day. I take numerous counts of pills to combat the pain, to combat uh, my diagnosis, to just basically slow it down. Um, there right now is no cure for MS. And that's one of them. One of the things that I'm dealing with. The other one is I have seizures also um, related to this, to, to a brain injury that I've somehow got you know in the past um so i i take um some i take a pill uh twice a day uh to help combat the seizures that i usually i usually have them at night when i'm sleeping um but i i, I take a pill for that um obviously i get migraines a lot i get a lot of migraines i take a shot uh, once a month for the migraines plus I have a, another pill for the migraines that I have to take that when I start getting a headache I just take this pill and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't um, you know it's basically a toss-up in the air um, and, and the reason I'm saying this stuff is because when it comes to concussions I know the effects of what they cause later down the line. Um, again, like I said, two of my diagnoses, one is MS. There is no cure for it. Basically, I, I got two different 
neurologist and obviously I got my second opinion. I got multiple opinions actually and they all said the exact same thing. Well, you do have MS, you have a few lesions on this your T1 left side of the brain down in your spine and all that good junk, you know. Um and they all have different ways for me to combat the disease. Um there is no cure like I said. Um, and both neurologists say that I got MS due to a bunch of traumatic head injuries, concussions. Um, I just know of four major ones that I know of. One neurologist, um, she said that I had a lot more than four. I just probably never knew it. Um, a headache here and there playing football or whatever um, could have just been a minor concussion and it just had its effects going on down the line. Um, my second uh, neurologist, my second opinion, he just straight up told me, he was like, look, your brain is, you got a brain from the pictures of a person in their 50s right now. Um, so we got to combat everything. He didn't even try to tell me how many that I might have had. Uh, he just straight up went into the, we got to do what we can to to lower your seizures, to even stop them if possible, and to basically slow down the uh, disease, slow down my MS. Um, but he does agree that I got this due to concussions. Um, and with this also comes the mental health aspect there are days where depression completely falls all over me where it's not the pain that keeps me in bed not the headaches none of that it's the just mental aspect of what am i doing i can't even get out of bed and it's that starts that thinking starts to eat at me all day long and now I don't even want to take any of the medicine that I'm supposed to be taking all I want to do is lay in bed I remember this one day where I woke up completely just in tears pain uh, head was pounding and I honestly wanted to end my life. I did. Um, and it, it was more than just the pain that was hurting. It was also the, the aspect of thinking that my wife, our children, they're going to have to deal with something with me per se of sometimes not knowing what's going on. Uh, I might get angry all of a sudden and that has happened where I just get angry all of a sudden for no reason. And then basically my wife, she just basically grabs me and says, look, 
everything's okay just calm down go lay and i do i calm down i go lay down and then i wake up and it's like nothing's happened um so it, it it's things like that um but this particular day i like i said i remember waking up just in tears called a friend and uh he tried to speak to me i just remember hanging up on him um and then my phone just kept ringing from different people calling me and then i finally answered after my wife called me about i don't know three four times i finally answered um and told her everything was okay then my doctor called me and they were like look we got to do more than just the just the combating the seizures and combating the ms you're obviously having depression issues and i've already been diagnosed also obviously with clinical clinically clinical depression i can't really get that word out but i've been diagnosed with that also but i never took in anything for it um so now my doctor is telling me look you are going to take something for this because it can't get worse you have to deal with it and do everything you can to combat these feelings you also need to talk to people that have this disease that you have you need to um just just know that everything's going to be okay but get it out there so people know what's going on with you and don't keep it bottled up because the more you keep it bottled up the worse it's going to eat at you and so that's what i've been doing uh a few a uh, couple of times now um like i said and, and it's hard for me to explain it um, because there are people that i've talked to about all of this and they all they they have this oh it's mind over matter just get up and you'll be okay do physical therapy and then i gotta sit down and explain to them you know there's a lot of things that i have to do when i just wake up just so i can look normal when you see me and this is just within the first hour hour and a half of me waking up and the times when i wake up and i can't walk or when i step out on the ground step on the ground getting out of bed and it feels like that i'm stepping on nothing but nails um or i wake up and my whole body's just shaking or i wake up with a headache or i wake up and i can't see my vision's blurry or i just can't see at all it's these things that will get to a person and there's no real amount of physical therapy a person can truly do when it comes to something like this and telling a person Oh, it's mind over matter. Just get up and you'll be okay. It that is for at least for me, that is the wrong thing to tell a person. Because yeah, you could say it's mind over matter. However, the mind isn't working correctly. 
And the fact of the matter is this. We are dealing with the disease that is ravaging through a person's body. And no amount of medicine, no amount of basically anything you do can fix it. And basically all you're being told from the people who have studied this disease, who have put in years and years to learn about this disease that you've been diagnosed with is that there's basically nothing you can do other than take some medicine, change your diet, do everything you can physically to be able to cope with the day. Oh, by the way, you might have a couple of good days followed by a week of just tremors and flare-ups and followed by a seizure. Oh, and then it goes back down again. But keep taking the medicine. Then the medicine doses go up because eventually the disease starts to completely take over. And there's truly no amount of medicine that you can truly take that's actually going to stop it. And the best thing a person can do, honestly, is to, that I found out, is to truly have a good support system, a good group of friends. It doesn't need to be big. It doesn't, you know, it could be one or two people, but people who truly, truly want to understand, because they may not understand, but they truly want to understand and truly just want to be there for you to check on you, to make sure things are all right. Um, is to have that type of support system around you. So when a certain type of flare up that I, that, you know, I like to call it happens that they are there at a drop of a dime. And to me, that in itself matters. So when I hear things in the sports world on athletes, even athletes that may never even had a concussion, but they're dealing with some sort of mental issue, no one truly understands and knows that they are going through something that may be beyond competing that is truly prohibiting them from actually being able to finish any type of competition. And hearing, oh, they're just a quitter or it's mind over matter. They need to go out and finish because this competition is bigger than them is the wrong thing to say to these athletes. That is the wrong thing to say. And hearing stuff like that will truly break an athlete down completely. Because it's not the competition that is bigger than them. The question that really needs to be asked when we know that an athlete is facing a mental health 
issue is what can we do to shed light on this mental disease or just help them so that they can go on with their life because life after the competition is what is truly important not the competition in itself yes it's great to win awards and get all this type of money and show the world that you are a top-notch athlete but when it's all over and Instead of these people being able to use this money for good or to just help their family to move up in life or their neighborhoods to become better or just children to to get a better education, they're now having to use this money to fix inner demons and to fix their mental state of mind and next thing you know they are an athlete that you hear quite often they made so much money but now they're broke instead of saying finish the competition how about we stop and see what we can do to help because you just see one athlete struggling with mental health on TV. But there are so many other people that aren't famous, that don't make a lot of money, who are struggling with some sort of mental disease, some sort of disability that they got when they were younger and they are struggling through life just to make it to the next day and when they turn on the TV or the radio or listen to things or hear people talk and all they hear are their quitters and that's what they hear how much more does it hurt that non-famous person than it would that athlete? Because they've done all they can to get up, to just look normal, just to hear someone say, you're a quitter. Because they don't understand what's truly going on. So instead of judging people and calling them quitters, how about you reach out a hand and ask them, what can I do to not just help, but to get an understanding on how this disease is truly affecting not just your life, but someone else who might be dealing with the same issue. Now, I want to say if you are one of those people who are, who is dealing with something like this, like myself and like so many countless others that are out there, 
don't feel like you're able to do this by yourself and don't try to do this by yourself because it is a lot harder than what you might believe it is. Get help. And when someone is checking on you, because it, it, it does annoy me too when people hit me up and call me or just stop by and it it does get on my nerves but at the end of the day i know it comes from a good place so if you are someone struggling or if you know someone struggling with this reach out to them just ask them how their day's going you know stop by say hello just tell them you're thinking about them and if you are like i said dealing with something like this talk to somebody and get help. I want to thank you again for listening to The Island and this will conclude our conversation on concussions and mental health. And again, I'm your host, Alvis Samuel, and thank you for joining me on The Island.